We're talking travel. Thanks to our sponsor, Travel on King on Tuanuari FM. Sally Lucas, food seems to be on our mind. <laughs> it's fair enough. It is lunchtime, isn't it? It is lunchtime, and we've just been talking about Mediterranean diets and all sorts of things today, so why not? And I think travel and food, to me, just go hand in hand, and I think most avid travellers or people who travel regularly do it for the food as well as the culture as well as the history. So well, just, you've got to eat. Yes, it's a marriage I agree with anyway. Um, So the first one I'm going to talk about, now I better say firstly, these are being done with Christine Manfield, who's a renowned Australian chef and has won many awards over the years. And she is partnering up with a company called the Classic Safari Company to do three different food safaris for next year. So the fast one, the first one is called Mare e Montagna, which is seas and mountains in Italy, of course, so it's an Italian food safari. So they're taking you through, they say, some of the prettiest and most productive culinary regions of Puglia, from the fruitful Adriatic and the Ionian seas to the pure grass-green heights of the Dolomite Mountains and the cultural capital of Venice. And along the way, you're going to benefit from Christine's expertise, of course, during small group cooking sessions and taste and cook with the region's best produce fresh from source. So you'll get to meet small-scale farmers, traditional artisanal producers, sorry, along Michelin-starred chefs, passionate home cooks and world-class winemakers. How fabulous. Sounds good. And that is going to be in August next year. So that's, um, yeah, a lovely little itinerary if you're thinking of doing that. And that's Classic Safari Company with Christine Manfield. But and Italy's not the only place where no. you can eat good food. Now, that one's, sorry, 11 nights and only takes a maximum of 12 people. So it's just a lovely little small group. Now, this is another nice one. Now, that was June next year. This one's August, Cape and Cuisine, a South African food safari. Uh, so she's escorting this one as well. And, of course, you're going to go to Table Mountain and that wonderful Cape Dutch wine country and Cape Town. And, wow, such a beautiful place. I mean, it's a coastal paradise for foodies and nature lovers alike there. Now, this is a 10-day journey, again, which is focusing on the contemporary culture of South Africa's Cape taking in the innovative food scene around that area, as we mentioned, the Cape Winelands and the paddock-to-plate dining experiences there, plus going through some wonderful, uh, obviously, sightseeing and scenery, as well as just being a gastronomic delight as well. So that's 15 August next year, and that one is... Let me just check how many days that one is for. It's a nine-night, and again, you've only got a maximum of 12 people. And you're going to some places like, as I said, Cape Town, of course, as we've mentioned, and going around that beautiful coastal Cape area. And that is a really pretty part of South Africa too. And lastly, she's got one doing a gauchos and gastronomy, a South American food safari. Now, this is in October. October next year. That sounds uh, as though there'll be beef steak on the oh, menu. Oh, <laughs> I would imagine there'd be lots of beef on the menu, especially if you're going to Argentina. Um, now, this one, though, is beginning in Chile. And so you explore the Bahamian suburbs of Santiago and you get to the then on to the trendy port of Valparaiso, uh, where apparently the culinary scene there is, they say, is turning on its head. Apparently all the wonderful um, chefs are now coming. There's a whole you know, raft of them coming out of um, South America now. And then, of course, in Argentina, you've got that wonderful ambience of the Mendoza winelands there, which is just fantastic. Um, and you're going to see work of an iconic chef there as well, an invitation 
position to dine at private estate of an esteemed uh, winemaker. And then, of course, you move on to Buenos Aires as well. And you go have a day on the Tigre, which is the um, the wetlands area. You go and dine on a private island. Oh, my gosh, all of this. And then you also go to Lima. So quite fantastic. That is the 17th of October next year. And that one is for 14 nights. Mm. So you've got three options there of some wonderful gastronomic holidays if you'd like to incorporate a little bit more of the food into your sightseeing as well. Yes, a great focus. Sally Lucas, we're hitting the waters now, um, but there's a very special focus. There is a special focus on this one, Jane, and this is uh, being organised by a company called Wild Earth Travel, who do a lot of interesting and different um, itineraries and explorations, if you like. And this is commemorating the armistice on World War One's eastern fronts. Um, so they're running a cruise in, on the 11th of October next year, and it's on a beautiful masted vessel, uh, which was originally launched in 2004, fully renovated in 2012, upgraded again in 2015. It's a two-masted 164-foot motor sailor and it accommodates just 49 guests. Um, So it looks fabulous. I'd love to do it myself. I mean, the itinerary even sounds interesting. But, of course, it is all about, I guess, that awful First World War, which we all remember and, and, you know, the loss of life was but just... But are also thankful that it was thank, over. Exactly. Tribute, exactly. So this starts in Thessaloniki and um, it goes then across to Lemnos, uh, Gallipoli, uh, Kanakali, Pergamon, um, Mykonos, Delos, Crete and Athens. So they're commemorating the end of the First World War weeks before the armistice, uh, sorry, with Germany and the guns sort of stopped on the largely forgotten fronts in the Balkans and the Palestine and it brought the war with Bulgaria and the Ottoman Empire to an end. And it was here, they say, that the survivors could start to think about a life without the war, as they used to call it. Uh, between eight and nine million servicemen died during the First World War, but uh, there was double that number in, in casualties, between 18 and 20 million. And that's really quite horrific when you think back then, you know, yes, the, the size of population to what it is now as well. It was a huge public health disaster, and of course the communities that had to deal with it were exhausted personally and materially by the effect, the effort rather of the four years at war. So they say in one sense the war didn't end tidily because a new struggle then started, which was to make sense of what had happened. So the voyage in the Aegean remembers the survivors, particularly the doctors and nurses who returned to Australia and New Zealand, whereas a military historian, a historian, historian sorry, Chris Pugsley put it, people did not have, in inverted commas, any real understanding of what they had been through, nor could they tell them it was an age when gentlemen did not tell women of lice and flies and dysentery and men dying in agony. So a lot of this was kept to themselves as well. So it was a really dreadful war, but obviously they are now celebrating the fact that it finished and taking, and Crete was a very important part too, where a lot of New Zealand and Australian men, you were fighting there to to prevent, of course, the advance. So I just thought that's a really interesting for the people that are historians or who like following the history of both the world wars. Um, Because even World War II, of course, it was still involved in that Mediterranean area as well. So it is an important area of course. So there are a lot of inclusions on this. It's really all your meals on the vessel. Lots of lectures. You're going to wonderful um, 
you know, ancient historical archaeological sites, famous cemeteries, churches, etc. So it's really a specific interest, but I mean, it is a beautiful part of the world as well. So just keep that in mind, and that's in October next year. And sounds like a lovely way to go around and view those those sites, yes. as in SITES, yes. yes, as well as the SIGHTS. Yes, and sorry, again, I'll say it's the 11th to the 22nd of October next year. Next year, which is 2018, which is all about the time it was all happening. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And, and 2018 is creeping up too quickly, Jane. <laughs> We've got to get through Christmas first. So. Oh, oh, Jane. <laughs> yes. And uh, it's Hot Deals time, Sally Lucas. What is there around at the moment? As usual, a bucket load. Um, and this is called the Japan Explorer, valid till 30 September. This is just a little eight-night fly cruise if you're wanting to squeeze in a holiday before Christmas on the 9th of November. You're flying to Shanghai with Cathay Pacific with a night's accommodation there, and then you do a nice little seven-night cruise from Shanghai up to Japan, going to Kagoshima, Osaka, Mount Fuji area, Tokyo, and return. And that starts from a touch over $1,700 per person. So that's a nice little break if you felt like that we did just mention Christmas, that awful whatever how many letter word it is, <laughs> and um, this one is also valid till thirty September. And this is a lovely cruise. It's an eighteen night cruise. You're flying to Singapore firstly um, with Singapore Airlines. You have a night there. Then you've got a beautiful fourteen night cruise on Azamara, which is a lovely five star cruise vessel, and that is taking you from Singapore to Koh Samui, Bangkok, Ho Chi Minh City, Da Nang. Hanoi and Halong Bay and Hong Kong and you have Christmas in Hong Kong and you have um, three nights there and then you have an airfare home and that starts from a touch under four and a half thousand dollars per person which is really good value for money for that standard of cruise vessel plus your airfares and again 14 nights you're getting all your meals so mm. really good. Um, this is These are all little cruisy ones today Jane but they're all such good value. This is a seven night fly stay cruise on the 24th of February next year and this also is including return air with Singapore Airlines with two nights in Singapore at the Four Points by Sheraton in a deluxe room with daily breakfast then you're doing a five-night cruise again on a lovely vessel, Mariner of the Seas, and that's going up into Port Klang, which is the port for Kuala Lumpur, Penang and to Phuket in Thailand. So another little short seven-night break if you felt like it, and that's just under $2,100 inclusive as well. Um, the Hebridean Island cruises is going right away to the other end of the world. Um, they've got early booking savings of 10% if you book by 30 September. If you want to go and discover those precious island gems of the Scottish Islands on the Hebridean Princess. Wonderful cruises doing lots of those lovely islands off the top of Scotland, you know, the Outer Hebrides, etc. So keep that in mind. Um, Inca Tours have got 40% off a selected range of 2017 Galapagos Island Cruise. That is a big discount. Um, you just have to check for, you know, the departures that are available. And it's on a range of departures from now. I think the last departure is about the 11th of December. And they've also got some early bird offers for 2018 on a range of uh, vessels, again, with up to 35% off. That one you've got to book by 31 October. The ones for 2017 subject to availability 
of course, so just get in early for that. And then we've got the wonderful Sojourn that does Tahiti and the Society Islands um, Sojourn and the Paul Gauguin Cruises. And that, of course, has been going for some time. And it's still the only luxury cruise vessel that cruises that part of the South Pacific. And you've got a lovely nine-night luxury holiday there with a return airfare, two nights pre-cruise in Tahiti and a seven-night Tahiti and the Society Islands Cruise. And your prices from that have a lead-in from a touch under... $5,800. And again, I think it's good value for money. Um, Maldives, if you're wanting to go somewhere there, this is on sale till the 30th of September. Seven night package, Lagoon Water Villa, all your flights, breakfast daily, complimentary dinner daily, and you're getting a two night bonus in that seven nights. So that is fantastic value as well. Um, and you can go ex Sydney on that from, again from under five and a half thousand dollars. There's lots of other early birds still available at the moment, Jane, just to keep in mind. Wendy Wu Tours have got a whole lot of 2018 with savings up to 1200 per person. Intrepid have got 10% off a range of their products for next year, as do Peregrine. Geckos have got 15% off. So, look, there's lots of good early bird deals out there and good cruise offers at the moment, particularly really great cruise offers. So it plans to think ahead. Certainly does. <laughs> For the budget. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thanks, Jane. And we'll talk travel again next ooh, Friday. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.